Welcome to Mole Man Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moal. On today's episode, we have a guest that is a powerlifter. He has set many records, broken many records, and is by far one of the strongest Hmong men to be a powerlifter. But it all started when he was being bullied. Well, there's more to his story, but first, let's thank our sponsors and let's jump right back into it. Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew? Or are you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. We are super excited today. I have a gentleman that is a bodybuilder, a powerlifter in the Hmong community. And he's been doing it. We're going to give us his backstory. How's it going in the East Coast, James? Ooh, pretty hot, man. Hot and humid, man. Down in Georgia. <laughs> Would you consider uh, that a free sauna or maybe a quick five-pound weight loss for the how much of, of sweat you're sweating off? Man, you would think so, man. But the food down south is so much more greasier. You know what I mean? It kind of cancels that out. So. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh man, I'm into fitness, but I'm like into fitting burgers in my mouth. You know what yep. I'm saying? <laughs> that greasy juice. Hey, man. There's. I definitely, I'm definitely down with that too, man. Fitting burgers in your mouth with pizzas and stuff like that, man. That's why I'm, a, you know, I mainly stick to powerlifting or lifting heavy, you know. So I don't have we're, to worry too gonna, much about that. We're gonna get into that too, but let's go back in the younger days uh, when okay. you were a teenager. Did you ever think you're gonna be given this lifestyle or choosing to be a powerlifter, or did you get bullied in maybe in school? That's why you're, you know what, that you're just a little not near 100 triple digit. Uh, you know, Asian kid got picked on. You're like, no, I'm gonna turn my life around and kind of fitness. Is that even a close guess or not? Um, something like that. Um, I mean, when I was, you know, when I was younger, I guess you could say I was almost bullied by my own brother. You know, he was kind of like my biggest bully. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, you know, with with family members, but you always got like one or two that tends to bump head a little bit more when you have a large family. So I have three older brothers, but the one that's about like two years older than me, he was like my biggest bully uh, for whatever particular reason. Um, he used to always make fun of me saying that I'm short, you know, cause I'm like five, two and he's about five, seven, you know? So for Hmong people, that's pretty tall, you know? Um, but back in the day, he used to make fun of me for being small and weak. He used to always tell his friends that I'm strange. Don't, don't get to know me, keep away from me. Um, and one of the things that he used to always tell was, uh, tell people just, you know, I don't want to hang out with this guy because he's too weak. So I used to always tell myself, all right, well, if I get stronger, then maybe my brother won't hate on me so much. Right. So then I started picking up weightlifting all the way from middle school, actually, even before high school. And I just kept up with it all the way up until my junior year, going into my senior year, when I finally got stronger than my brother. And then it just kind of became. Uh, something that I do all the time. Um, and and now in middle school or in high school, you didn't you didn't play any particular sport like football or like wrestling. Um, I played soccer and cross country, right? Which is totally different from lifting. Mm, now, isn't it? You, isn't that I, funny? <laughs> I might think to you as like a wrestler because wrestling is by far in high school the most toughest conditioning. I used to wrestle. <laughs> I know. As a high school, that's the only thing I did. Was it is by far the most, you know, in, 
intense um, mm -hmm. conditioning you get yourself into. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to get into wrestling, uh, but for some reason, my skin is like very sensitive. So I used to always get like staph infection on my face. So I, I, I don't know if you can see like some of the scars on my face, but a lot of that was contributed to like mat burns um, and all that staph infection kind of messing up my face. So uh, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't get into wrestling because it was physically impossible for me to wrestle. Yeah, and another thing I hear about among wrestling is ringworm too. And well, yeah, having, well, having your issue, yeah, having your issue, you're about to pick it up a lot easier. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad I never had that too doing wrestling myself. Then. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if what I had was ringworm. You know, because when I went to the dermatologist, when my face was like covered up in scabs and staph and stuff like that, they didn't really know what it was. You know, so they literally uh, just started. Yeah, they just literally just started cutting my face up, you know, draining all the blood and all that. And they just gave me the strongest medicine that they got and hope for the best, you know. Mm, and I'm, luckily, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. So. <laughs> yeah, luckily, you're all right. It's not worth right now. Uh -huh. uh, during that time in high school, was girls kind of having the same issue with, with you two? You know, kind of like you're cute and scrawny, but man, you kind of weak and small like getting picked on like your big brother kind of thing, you know, but in a, a women way. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would say that maybe I was the cute little Asian guy, you know what I mean? So I didn't have a lot of issues, you know, but I guess after I had that little staph infection, um, it, everything kind of changed a little bit. You know, I have to work a lot harder, you know, you, you have to be funny now, right? You got to be nice. You got to be all kinds of, you know, other things that you wouldn't normally have to do just to get some of the girls, you know what I mean? When you're not as good looking as some other people or as tall, you know, or money and all that. So girls themselves was kind of difficult um, growing up, you know, in high school. Still that's now, the, technically. The, that's, <laughs> but that's the interpretation. Technically, I feel like you and I, we like, just do you, man. You know, mm -hmm. whether you love the power lift and be a, you know, a, a record moan, the first moan, part of your power weight to get into that and be professional at it at a professional level, like competing. Heck, even in, in the Olympic, for God's kind of loud, right? That's yeah, like yeah, a whole other level, yeah. right? Imagine being a moan, right? And then being in the Olympic, we have obviously uh, a moan girl doing gymnastics, but not quite a moan man getting to that, that level. Who knows? You could be the next guy into that kind of yeah, level right? uh, exactly. of, of com competing. And I'm pretty sure you competed here and there, am I correct? Yep. Um, I mean, I've been on, so like for powerlifting, we are like a, like a side Olympic game. So like, you know, the Olympics, they can only have so many sports, right? Uh, but powerlifting is one of the sports that could be implemented into the Olympics, uh, depending on, you know, view, viewership and, you know, drug testing and stuff like that, because, you know, drug testing is like very big in the Olympics and, you know, for any kind of strength or athletic, you know, there's always going to be a lot of steroids involved. And, you know, when we're looking at stuff like, you know, again, not trying to hate on them, but like the Russian teams or the Ukrainian teams and some of these Chinese teams that are always like popping for steroids and stuff like that, it's really hard for powerlifting to get the kind of prestige to be Olympic level. But if you just want to talk about the Olympic level, I've competed on the USA team six times internationally already. So how did you do? Um, two times I came third place. Um, and then the other four times, um, didn't do so well, kind of like ninth or eighth. 
you know, when you're competing against like the national champion or the strongest person of their country, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Anybody can win. It just depends on the time, the day, the training, and honestly, even luck, you know, because when, if, if you're competing against like a Russian team in Europe, it's going to be hard to compete against them because they only have like a couple hour time difference versus us from the USA where the time change is like 12 hours or something like that. So imagine trying to deadlift 600 pounds at like two or three in the morning. You know what I mean? That's not normally something that a lot of the USA lifters tend to do. So whenever we go overseas, there's always that discrepancy of time how switch. strong yeah, can we be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, time yeah. lag and jet lag and all that stuff too. Yep, and then uh, food even, you know. Well, competing in six times, I'm sure you're going to be competing in more. Yes. I mean, I I plan to do it as much as I can. You know, if if God willing and I'm the strongest guy as I am now, then um, I'm going to continue competing whenever I have time, whenever I have support, and whenever I have the money, you know. So when you were that scrawny, that. When you were that scrawny, when you were that scrawny uh, kid, when your brother was making fun of you, how old were you? And like, give me your weight. Um, I was like twelve, about eighty something pounds. What are you All now? The way. Oh, now you're eight, I'm. Eight, you're uh, eight. You're twenty-eight now. What are you now? Yep. So I'm twenty-eight now, and I weigh about a hundred and forty-eight pounds right now. Five two, right? Yep, five two. So I gained about fifty pounds in the last. 16 years you know i know some of that has to do with like uh, puberty and stuff like that but generally 50 pounds within 16 years i, I would hope so your, your voice sounds like a manly man and it's, probably, <laughs> it's, about, it's about time james <laughs> yeah yeah i know right i'm still waiting for that you know growth spurt but you know at least my voice has changed uh, you know <laughs> a little bit hairier around the face yeah a little, a little hairier hair. but that's yeah. about it you know Wow, I didn't know you were 5'2", 140. I'm bouncing around, right? I was at 155. I dropped the whole 10 pounds with a lot of conditioning to this quarantine. I'm at 145 and right nice. around that area. Uh, and we're just going to talk about nutrition and weight, weight loss on mm -hmm. it. Uh, can you give us an, uh, maybe someone who just want to lose weight? You know what I'm saying? They're not trying to hear, get, get a competition, but just trying to lose weight. Uh, do I help you yeah. wait too? Not talking anorexia, just healthy weight loss. <laughs> you know. Well, generally, there's like two ways to lose weight, and it's either just to eat less or eat more clean foods with your mm. current diet. Mm. I'm with that. So, one. yep. Or number two is uh, find an activity that you love doing that can bring you back to doing it over and over again. So what I mean by that is like, I think a lot of people get this uh, pre-notion, like in order to lose weight, I have to go to the gym, but that's not a hundred percent true because if you hate going to the gym, then you're never going to lose weight going to the gym. You know what I mean? You're already starting off negatively. So like, if you're a person that likes uh, mixed martial arts, maybe instead of going to a weightlifting gym, maybe you go to like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym or a Muay Thai gym and go two or three times a week that way. You know, that way it has more purpose for you uh, where you want to go and learn how to do mixed martial arts while using it as exercise, self-discipline and all that stuff. Uh, let's use Sunisa Lee as an example. You know, Sunisa Lee is the first Hmong uh, Olympic um, athlete, right? Gymnastics. If you love gymnastics, 
why not just go to gymnastics gym three times a week and train just like the way that I do, but you know, not lifting weights. If you like running or biking or soccer or something like that, three to four times a week, just do the activity. You don't even have to be good because your goal is not to be good at the sport. Your goal is just to lose mm -hmm. weight and right. to learn something from what you're doing. So if you can find that activity that you enjoy doing that can bring you back to the gym or back to the gymnasium, like Sunisa Lee or back to the Muay Thai gym, like my buddy Koo Lee in uh, Minnesota, you know, mm -hmm. shout out Warman. Mm -hmm. um, then I find it that that's the best way for you to lose weight. If you can't exercise, then back to square one. Eat more vegetables with whatever you're eating now or eat less. You bring, you bring a valid point. I love eat food, but again, I stay away. But back to my food, like stay away from like processed food, more organic mm -hmm. food at the same time. Uh, no yep. more junk food or cutting some carbs out, right? So it's just, just more healthier. You can eat more, but just more healthy. Rather than exactly. just ton, consuming tons of junk. So, you know, it could be just as simple as this. Um, imagine you don't change your diet. So let's say you eat three times a day, right? You eat breakfast, whatever that is. You eat burger or something like that for lunch. And then you eat steak or whatever for dinner. Let's keep that same diet every single day. And this is the amount of food that you eat to maintain who you are right now. Add more fruits and vegetables then your system becomes healthier. You start pooping more. You start the, uh, the activity within your muscles and stuff like that. You know, you get nutrients faster, fiber and all that stuff. You might even lose weight from eating more. Make sense? So Makes sometimes sense. it's not always about just cutting things out. Sometimes it's about adding more of the things that you don't have. And if you're eating more fruits and vegetables, you're probably going to eat maybe 20% less of that burger. You're probably not going to be drinking as much soda with your salad or with your whatever, you know what I mean, as you're munching it in. So sometimes adding more automatically makes you eat less of the other stuff. And it doesn't even mean like you have to stop eating the other stuff. It's one step at a time. If you're doing the bare minimum to lose weight by eating those same meals, change one thing, add more vegetables or cut the soda or something, something super small. Do that every day, kind of like the way that we were talking about exercise earlier. After a period of a month to three months to a year, you lose 10, 15 pounds. And I guarantee you, you feel way better about yourself just from doing these little I, things. You know, I could totally testify to that. Totally testify to that. I, mm -hmm. I cut out eating rice. Um, mm -hmm. And that was the only thing that changed really uh, in my diet. But the only thing, well, one activity I did pick up was more jogging and definitely biking. I bought a bike. I sold my real bike and got a pedaling mm -hmm. bike. Now. So those are two things I did where I, my diet changed was less, no more rice, no carbs on that. Um, but everything was still the same with, you know, in the morning, the breakfast and stuff like that too. And everything more organic and food and meat and a lot less processed food. And then yeah, I, being active, we're talking being active with those three days, whether it's like biking or jiu-jitsu or, boxing right? just being active in those three days and mm -hmm. and keeping that routinely right exactly and and i find that, that that is the most important part about losing weight or just being fit um i mean you know a lot of people like to look at me and they'll say well i can't lift as heavy as you you know what i mean that's the reason why i don't want to lift weight well you know i can guarantee you that 99.9 percent .9 of the people on this planet can't lift as much as me so you're not wrong there right but the idea is just to go to the gym. If you don't even want to go to the gym, then you're already losing. 
why force yourself to buy a 30 to $50 gym membership if you're not going to go? Why buy a $300 bicycle if you're not going to ride it, right? But the idea is because you like biking, when you think about exercise, you'd be like, oh, yeah, let me go ride my bike for like 20 or 30 minutes. Boom. Perfect. That's all you really need, you know, if you're just trying to maintain your body. Now, if you're trying to compete, that's a whole different story. You know what I mean? You already know you're going to have to put the work, the recovery, your nutrition, your sleep. Everything has to be so much better. But you're, again, you're not trying to be an international level cyclist, right? Yeah. You're just doing no, it for just, general health. So correct, correct. Just, keep, just keep it general then. You know, 20, 30 minutes, way more than enough time. Three times, four times, five times if you're feeling good. Perfect. Don't even now need to change your diet. Is, now, is, <laughs> now is overing exercising, overing doing it, is that wrong for you too? Um, I guess that would depend on what you mean by over. Uh, I mean, if you're riding your bicycle, let's say. Seven days a week, two, work, yeah, working seven, out seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Then the question would be, are you sore? Are you hating yourself? Are you stressful because of that? Maybe, about, maybe more like, let's say muscle yeah, well, it, so if we're speaking on muscle soreness, then yes, there is a such thing as doing too much, uh, but your body will tell you that. You know what I mean? If ache, your joints are aching, if your sleep isn't good, or maybe you're just irritated more than normal, then you have to sit back and ask yourself like, hey, exercising maybe seven days a week is a little too much. And I need two or three of those days just for myself to be lazy. You know what I mean? Uh, to do other things, watch TV or hang out or do some other things. If that's what you need, then that's how you know, like seven days a week is too much and you need to tone it back down because everything, you know, you're imagine your life is kind of like a cup, you know, and you're adding all these different things into your cup. And if exercising, right, is going to is going to go is going to make you go beyond the capabilities of your cup, then you need to take a little bit of the exercising out of that cup, because there's also other things that are important in your life, too, outside of just the physical aspect of your life. So sometimes you have to also think like, you know, training seven days a week, is that going to be something that's going to positively influence my life in other terms of my life? You know, if that makes sense. It does make sense. We've been talking about, about the whole time we've been talking about all about physique, physique. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's the mentality too that calves you go at least minimal three days, right? Minimal mm-hmm. three days to bike. You know, it's it's mentally telling you, I want to lose weight or I want to keep good certain weight, but I want to have a minimal 30-minute bike a day to lose weight or to keep up a certain weight. So mentally, too, just always not physically. Yeah, um, and and again, you know, thinking about just all the things that you can now do if you're more healthy, like just getting up for bed or moving around you're not feeling as big or you don't feel as bloated all the time um you know maybe even just (laughs) you know digging a little deeper but like making love or doing these things become a little bit easier that those are all the little you know nicks and tricks that is letting you know that the amount of exercise that you're doing is optimal for your lifestyle now if you're doing too much then something else is going to suffer uh for example for myself you know i used to train i've trained 28 days in a row one time, one whole month because I got injured uh, in my shoulder and I couldn't work out for two months. So I kind of went a little crazy. And then I decided if I didn't work out for two months, let me just go ahead and work out one whole month all by myself every single day, right? 
And that was too much because then it started taking away from the other things that I could be doing with that time, such as resting, such as building relationships with like my parents more, you know what I mean? Some of those things are also very important uh, to who you are as a person. So also understand like doing too much, you know, it could be detrimental, not just be your physical body, but like to other aspects of your life. Good point there from my personal experience too. I, during my wrestling years, I uh, came on a broken collarbone or fractured collarbone. Mm -hmm. And after 10 years of, you know, working out, I started to lift heavier and heavier. And one day when I was just on a simple bench, I, I hit a bench and all of a sudden I heard that feeling. The same mm -hmm. collarbone, I popped. So just where you're at. But one, the only thing I did was I, I still trained, but what I did was I just started doing anything that requires me to do any sort of like upper body strength. So mm -hmm. they're more working to like abs or gym. A lot of can more condition, just like running and biking, which shows keep me fit, but I just not working more. Body because I was still in pain. I can't, you know, lose, the, you know, afford to break my collarbone again at that point. Um, so, but I'm pretty sure you learned a very good value lesson of just, you know, not working out for a whole two months and coming back really hard for the month, uh, which may even cause, you know, other problems too in your upper body. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like you were saying, you know what I mean? With, with every action that you do always comes with repercussion, you know, and through that is how we learn, you know? So as a athlete, you know, who's at the top of my game right now, who's, you know, getting involved in the community and helping out a lot of these young Asian minorities and other people, how to lift weights and stuff like that. I can tell people like, Hey, you know, this is what I did when I trained every single day for a whole month and it ended up doing this to me. And I can be like, if this is something that you're okay with, then you can continue doing that. But I wouldn't recommend that because this and this and this are going to take a toll. Now, again, you can only take, you can take my advice or you can learn it the same way I learned it. What was the turning point? What was the turning point in your life when you actually did get the first membership and fully fledged to be a bodybuilder? And, you know, I understand that we did talk to you about your, your, your brother, older brother too, but. What really was that turning point? Well, um, I guess luckily all of my brothers kind of lifted weights too. So technically I never really grew up in the, in the age where getting a gym membership is something that you want to do. Because when I was growing up, uh, most people didn't care too much about going to the gym. And my family was not really big on going to the gym neither. So pretty much uh, what my dad did for us was he just bought us a bench set. So I was very big into the home gym stuff, you know, so like I enjoy creating my own exercises and trying to be creative with it just because, again, you don't have the money to, to buy all of these crazy equipment. Um, so I, I personally ended up loving lifting weights just from training at home, you know, from the comfort of my home to getting as strong as I can. And then, you know, when you end up do going to public gyms randomly to go train with some of your friends. Uh, because they got free gym memberships or they could get you in for free um, and you show off, you know, how your hard work, that's when it began to kind of click a little bit for me. Like the gym life is something that I want because you always want to be around people who celebrate you, not tear you down, you know? And if you're going to the gym and people are like praising you or like they want to train with you, they want to get to know who you are versus what used to be where people used to hate me, kick me to the curb, don't want to hang out with me because of these things. 
um, that's when I begin to just truly love just lifting weight. You know, and again, you could do all of that at home, you know, with just a bench set, pair of dumbbells, some barbells, and you're golden. Rice uh, bags. But it has to be consistent. Yeah, rice bags. I mean, there's Engine plenty blocks. of times. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I did do stuff like that, you know, where you don't have weights. So I'll just take like my duffel bag and then I'll fill it up with books or something like that. And I just start squatting with it, you know, or carry it's, it and run around with to it. This, during this pandemic, best for measure, best for eating. And that rice bag or your nephew is a good, good, good workout <laughs> behind your back. Right? right? Your it's nephew, he needs to join the ride to it. Too. You're just like squatting up and down. Like, I don't know how many times you need to join it too. Right? Yeah, man. And like five gallon water. You know, if anybody likes refilling water at Walmart or, you know, whatever store that you go to, I love using five gallons as like, you know, deadlifts or farmer's walk and stuff like that. Because they're, they're like about 40 something pounds, you know what I mean? A five gallon. So things like that could just be utilized as weight because your body doesn't know the difference between like 600 pounds on a barbell or 600 pounds of rice bag. You know, it just knows it's 600 pounds and your body has to lift it up the best way that it can. So utilize anything, you know, don't be limited by what you think you can use. What's stopping some people from not getting that goal? Like even starting it, I, I try to get the mindset of like, you know, they know they're overweight, but they're just not getting to the point. I mean, do they really have to hit rock bottom? Like, or do they need to get nagged by their older brother like you? No pun intended, but they not to. <laughs> really gives you that grudge, right? Really that weight. Because they always talk about it. Um, you know, that one's very difficult, you know, and I like to look at it like everybody's got their own journey. Uh, because the the whole lifting weights and being healthy is literally a journey of self love. But most people don't look at it like that. You know, for example, like if you let yourself loose and you just eat terrible, you drink alcohol all the time, you go party all the time, you're always broke, you ain't got no money but you're having all the fun in the world because you don't want to do anything hard working, right? But you come home and you feel terrible about yourself, you know? Sometimes you pull cramps and stuff like that, or you have heart attacks, or, you know, you're diagnosed with diabetes and stuff like that, you know, be, until people start taking it serious. And I truly find it that in order for people to want to reach their goal, there has to be a reason bigger than themselves. And whatever that reason may be, it might take them 10 years, it might take them 40 years. But when they find it, that is when they're going to be excited for their goal. Um, and who knows, you know, everybody's built a little different, you know. So I guess the best way to figure that out is to get to know them uh, so well to the point where you can use some of the things that they like against them. You know, for, for example, like my brother, you know, the brother that I'm talking about right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, He's only two years older than me. Um, and last year, he, I mean, he hasn't been exercising for like four or five years, you know. And knowing how Hmong people are, we're highly susceptible to liver cancer, lung cancer, you know, due to all the drinking and smoking. We're highly susceptible to uh, diabetes, heart attacks, and strokes, right? These are all the negative things that our parents and our grandparents pass down to us. And if we don't take care of ourselves, what do you think is going to happen? My brother at the age of 28 was in the hospital with two kids um, due to the fact that he had a heart attack, right? Be 28, wow. think about that. He's 28 and he's not overweight. He's not obese or anything. You know, he's like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, 200 pounds. That's not too bad, you know what I mean? And you think about it from that perspective, 
just four to five years of not exercising and letting him go caused him to almost die. And the last time he's ever going to see his two kids. So then the question that I asked my brother was, you remember all of those times you used to make fun of me for being weak and all those times that you stopped working out and you just kept doing all these things? Well, I want you to think back to why you lift weights now. You know, when you were younger, you know, maybe talking to girls or, you know, making your car look really, really nice was something that's important to you. But now you got two kids and you almost died because you didn't take care of yourself. So then the question goes back to you, do you love yourself enough to want to change your life? And that's, that's always the question that I ask people who, who are struggling to reach their goals or struggling to go exercise or to change the way they eat. It just goes back to, well, that just means you don't love yourself enough to want to change. Continue doing what you're doing. And by the time you realize it, it could either be too late or you can just sit back and say, I should have, I should have done this. I should have did this or I should have did that with exercise. And sometimes some people learn the hard way. But that's why I'm here. You know, the goal of what I'm trying to do with my life is to show people that the sooner you get, the sooner you find your purpose of why you need to love yourself for your kids or your grandparents or for whoever, uh, your significant other, that is what I want to do. Because I don't need our generation to be dying before 40 years old. You know, there's no reason why my brother at the age of 28, my dad at the age of like, 48 and my grandma at the age of 68 all be in the hospital all at the same time and my grandma is the healthiest one you know what i mean that doesn't make sense i hope you and your brother has reconciled found some peace say it again i said i hope you and your brother has reconciled and found some peace between you two. Oh yeah 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 no 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 trust me like me and my brother we're we're perfectly fine you know what i mean that that is just like the the, the origin story of kind of like some of the things that got us started you know but you know as we grow older you know what I mean? A lot of the a lot of the problems that we have, we we don't really have those problems anymore. Uh, a lot of the things that we do have now is just more of the things that we've learned from our lifestyle that we've changed. So obviously, I kept going with the lifting weights, and I keep up with all the things health and fitness related when it comes to just anybody, uh, Hmong people specifically, because Hmong people are dying every day from the same stuff. You know, you go to your friends, uh, you know, your friends uncle's funeral what did he die from you know a heart attack what did your grandma die from a stroke you know what did these people die from diabetes and you hear the same story over and over and over again and you think back like man if these people are dying from these diseases what's going to happen to us if we're dying at the age of 20 to 35 what's going to happen to your your nephew is he going to die at the age of 18 from a heart attack you know what i mean and and if the age keeps getting younger and younger and younger then Someone's got to do something about it. And if everybody's keeping up with me because I'm the strongest bone guy, strongest USA athlete in the world um, for my weight class in terms of powerlifting, then I hope that some of the words that I say can reach your ears, reach your families, and really um, you know, benefit from that, if that makes sense. Thanks for expressing that. Mm -hmm. And you know, for those who are listening, they just want you. Yeah, you know, just in fit shape for themselves or or a personal goal, right? They want to hit a certain uh, weight number. Uh, you have some great advice for that. Mm -hmm. uh, let's let's brag a little bit, man. You're <laughs> again five two, okay. one forty eight. I'm five six. I weigh about the same as you, one forty six too. Mm -hmm. And what are you benching? Just regular. 
straight up. Man. Yeah, just yeah, just straight up without my equipment or anything. Uh, yeah. The most I've done recently was uh, three, three thirty. <sighs> so I did it in a competition sense. So I yeah. brought the bar down to my chest. I paused it for about a second or two, and then I pressed it. So it's never just a touch and go. Right. If we're talking touch and go, it could be like three fifty or more. So. Man, that takes a lot of years of training to get from, you know, that starting from 100 pounds, then 200 pounds, and then 300 pounds, and who knows, getting probably going to get to 400 pounds. Yeah, man. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to huh? get to 400 pounds, but, you know. How many 45 is years. that? How many 45 <laughs> is that? Two, four, uh, six. Five, six. Yeah, that's six. Yeah, six six, six each and time. like six and a couple of little plates on the side. Man, I'm working on just getting, I'm getting close to about two on each side. <laughs> uh, you know, this is kind of like how I like to picture it for people. I've been lifting since I was 12, um, and it got more serious when I turned 16. Yeah. But from 12 years to about 28, that's 16 years of training. Mm. Now, the first max out that I've ever did was 95 pounds. So 95 pounds to... 330 pounds now that's like 230 pounds within 16 years now if you if you divide that within the last 16 years i've gained about five pounds every four to five months now ask mm. yourself do you think you can gain five pounds on your bench press in four to five months that seems reasonable right that seems reasonable yeah now, the question now yeah. is, you're not amazed by how strong I am anymore then. You're actually more amazed by how long I've been able to do that for yeah, the last 16 years. being persistent at it. I'm just very, again, hesitant with my broken <laughs> collarbone, collarbone to keep lifting heavier. Because I do want to, obviously, to grow muscle, you got to lift heavier, right? But just, in my case, man, that after having that come back after 10 years, like, I'm a little bit hesitant. You know, I'm getting older at age, right? I can't afford <laughs> to have my collarbone come back and it did so i kind of again stopped lifting heavy but i still maintain an ab all the other workouts uh keep it yeah I mean, I mean nowadays you know technology is so good and you know that's actually one of the reasons why like i love doing equipped lifting as well where you wear like protective knee wraps or bench shirts and stuff like that and you're able to lift way heavier than you normally can but a lot of that stuff is just to protect my joint you know what i mean to protect my knees to allow me to continue to lift for long periods of time you know because most people say this to me all the time like you need to stop lifting weights because you're going to break your back or you're going to hurt your knee and i'm like well your back is already broken and you're walking with a stick and you didn't lift as much as me so you know what i mean the goal is to be able to be at your age stronger than you but without any pain and that's where knee wrap uh you know if if you have shoulder issues, you can buy like a, a bench buddy mm -hmm. or like a slingshot or something like that, where it protects your chest every time you bench press. So that could be like an alternative for you as well. You know, right, if you just right. want to continue to lift weight. Yep. I've heard of them too, but I, mm -hmm. I do continue uh, getting more weights and just slowly, gradually uh, incrementing, you know, every, every year uh, as, you know, as a, just keeping in shape for myself, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, besides sure. benching, and what about squats? Uh, right now, five hundred. Five hundred on the dot. <laughs> five hundred on the dot. Is there something yeah, you want to break? Is there is there like a deadlift or something you want to break? Um, 
I mean, uh, I deadlift 600 pounds right now, uh, but technically I don't really care too much about uh, the number itself. You know, I think I've gotten to a point where regardless of if I win or lose, you know, people recognize the hard work, the strength and the numbers that I put up already. But I think in terms of what I'm trying to do with lifting, uh, it kind of goes beyond the numbers. You know, I think for me, the, what, what I want to do is to be able to um, create more lifters that could be just as strong as me or even stronger than me. And I think that's harder to do than me squatting 525 or 550. So if I could get you to squat 550, that shows how much, how smart I truly am and how much I know, if that makes sense. Uh, so my numbers don't really matter. Anymore. I'm already established. I want other people to get higher numbers. And that's, that's what I'm trying to achieve with my lifting. That's impressive, man. You know, I could see you just yeah, every every year just adding more weights on that uh, weight set. That's very mm -hmm. impressive. Now, you know, with all of this, you know, bodybuilding and you know, having your following, is there a point in your life where you're just like, I really want to go and compete even bigger than what you are now? <laughs> Because you know well, you're, you're, his nerves is you're just restless, man. Just so restless. Yeah. I'm sure you just came from the gym where we're about to go to the gym. You know. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that that's very true. You know, <laughs> I got a gym set at my house, so you know we're probably gonna train in a little bit. Um, I mean, it's hard to say because I think for powerlifting, I kind of already reached some of the pinnacles. You know, in every category in terms of powerlifting, you know, with the suits, without the suits. I'm already top 10, top five in every category. Uh, so for myself, I find it that lifting itself isn't, it doesn't bring much excitement because this is just something that I do all the time now. You know, it's like breathing. You don't ever brag about you eating your last couple of meals. You know what I mean? You might talk about how cool it is, the food that you eat, but you're not just like, yo, dude, this is what I ate last night. You know what I mean? You don't normally do that. Uh, but I try to do that in other avenues. You know, that's why like, I'd love to break dance. And I like to uh, do a lot of community work, you know, because those things I could reach new heights in. Uh, but in terms of powerlifting, at least at the moment, um, I haven't really found anything that I would want to achieve outside of what I've already accomplished. Um, obviously, I would love to win a world championship one of these days, uh, but I would let my training dictate that, you know. It's not really like a want where I'm dying to get first place in the world. I already know that I'm going to get that, you know, because it's just the who I am and how hard I train. So there's no aspirations to actually just achieve that right away. I can get that in the next 10 years automatically at one point. So I don't even care too much about that. But I am trying to get, you know, air flares one day. You know, I am trying <laughs> to, you know what I mean? I'm trying to spin on my head. You know what I mean? Those things for me, like, is much more difficult than lifting weight. Maybe starting a podcast. <laughs> oh, I actually do have a podcast, you know. So that's, I do have a podcast. That's great. We'll talk about that in the end too. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Get to know you a little bit more and where you're heading. And I see you on, you know, social media and just seeing you just pushing bars back and forth. I'm like, wow, this guy's strong, man. Really strong. <laughs> but 
like you know if you follow any journey it it no matter it's a business or yourself or any anything right it's going to take years of slow of build right slow mm -hmm. increase of every year it's just not going to happen overnight it's going to be like a pound or whatever it's just going to be mm -hmm. slowly building but again the key point is being persistent right that minimal of maybe 3 days 3 days yes sir 3 days out of the week right that minimal right keeping that um and keeping it in of course 15 years goes by, you look at yourself in the image with no shirt, you're like, man, I look really good. You know, right. I look really good you know, <laughs> for my age, right? And you're getting to your late, you're your late 20s now. Imagine yourself going to your 30s, right? Mm -hmm. So for those who listen out there, you know, keep it up, man. You're a great inspiration. And I'd like to see you more in the community, you know, and hopefully do your airplane show for us on the show too. <laughs> <laughs> right, man, one day, you know, one day. You know, I'm a power lifter, but I can't do any of these power moves, right? What's up with that? <laughs> <you know? laughs> so I need to step up my game. I need to step my game up, right? See? So, so. next year, next year, gym ship, is there like a nice space where it's proper laid down and everything too? It's taped, everything? Yeah, 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 actually, we do got that. Yeah, we do That's, have awesome. that. <laughs> That's so awesome. Hey, man, man. Like, like for me, man, I'm, I like old school stuff, you know what I mean? I, I enjoy, you know what I mean? I mean, I love all the technology and stuff we got nowadays, you know, yeah. but I just enjoy the moment. I enjoy, like, the old school aspect of appreciating what you have and not what you want, you know? So I really dig all that stuff. Don't need no fancy floors or anything. Carpet's okay. Cardboard's good, you know? <laughs> these uh last three things i'm gonna say what does it what does it mean to be a mong man what does it be what does it mean to be a mong man um i feel like this is a a really difficult question to answer but i think that for myself what i want in terms of being a good mong man is just be a good representation of who we are you know, I know like within the Hmong culture, there's a lot of things that we do that a lot of these young guys and maybe even some of us don't really like. But for me, I want to represent the most beautiful aspects of our culture to the world. Uh, you know, hard work, uh, being articulate with your ideas, uh, not being over overly, um, how would you say it, uh, cocky or anything like that. Because, you know, for, for being a Hmong person and being involved in so many different things within the Hmong community, you see a lot of uh, negativity um, in terms of other athletes or you know other people and I just want to represent the opposite of that you know I want to be the strongest guy that you know but also be willing to teach you you know I want to be the guy that uh, knows how to train you but at the same time is trying to save your grandparents from having a heart attack or something like that um, and I feel like understanding who we are as a people our history um, respecting it even if you don't follow the Hmong culture um, and just being who you are and never backing down from that. I find it that that's what it means to be a Hmong man for me. And I hope that when you see me and you talk to me, and you see me lift, that those are all the things that I exemplify as a Hmong man. You're in your late 20s now, James. Mm -hmm. Can you give yourself, the younger teen, an advice? You know, the, the biggest advice I would give myself is don't go to college just yet. I find it that, you know, as I've gotten older now, you know, 
being a weightlifter, a personal trainer, uh, this health enthusiast, you know, if you will, is actually what I should have been doing the entire time. Uh, but because of our parents and other people's influences, I went and married a girl that I didn't love, or I went and married a career that I didn't love. And I find it that that was very stressful and detrimental to who I am as a person. And it took, you know, years of being broke and homeless and not being able to eat for me to realize that, you know, being happy is more than all these things that I've been brainwashed to believe. So when you're 18, the first thing you do is that transition to college, you know, and everybody pushes so hard on that. And I want people, if you're listening to this, take your time. Once you turn 18, that's kind of like your past that you're done with school and you have all of these different opportunities to gain experience, to travel the world, to do all of these things and then figure out what it is that you want to do. And by that time, you can truly say by however long it takes to say, this is what I want to go to this school for and this is what I want to commit myself to. But a lot of people would tell me the opposite. You need to go to school. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's like, well, it's also my life, you know, and now that I'm older, I wish I could have told myself that. Don't be blinded by what other people want for you. Live your life and find out what you want for yourself first and then commit to it. Lastly, James, we can't thank you so much for your time coming on our podcast. Please give us a quick pitch, you know, about where I can find James, where I can follow you. How can I live with you, man? Yeah, uh, just really quick, you know, again, you know, appreciate you for, uh, you know, having me on the podcast as well. Uh, but if you want to look for more information from me, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Hmong Powerlifter. You can also follow me on my YouTube, uh, Hmong Powerlifter. Uh, I have a podcast myself called uh, Biography of a Hmong Man. Uh, pretty much all I do there is I talk a lot about what we're talking about now, you know, about the health and fitness in the Hmong community. You know, a lot of the controversial stuff within our culture currently, now that we live in America. So we're really trying to hammer down, you know, like what makes Hmong people in our culture so unhealthy, you know, from all perspectives, not just the physical and the mental. You know, we're even going into spiritual, religious, you know, cultural values and stuff like that on my podcast. So you can find that on Buzz, uh, Buzzsprout or uh, Spotify, Biography of a Hmong Man. Um, and honestly, you know, if you just... If you just want to get to know me a little bit more on a personal level as well, you know, I mean, feel free to follow me on my Facebook, you know, send me a friend request, you know, send me a message or something like that first. <laughs> so you're not like, you know, so I'm not like uh, creeped out by just a whole bunch of random people saving me, but generally send me a little message to be like, Hey, you know, I heard you on this podcast or something like that. And, you know, I just wanted to save you as a friend, much more personal for me. Because uh, I don't just save people just to save them. So if you've been waiting on my friends list to be my friend, I'm not going to save you just because you send me a friend request. I only save you if you send me a message and then I'll save you. you know? That way I know you're not a robot or someone trying to sell me you know, some stuff from Thailand. But that's pretty much where you can find me. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're very, very appreciative. I'm pretty sure you got you know, 500 pounds uh, uh, to pick up and bench and stuff like that. It's probably going to go work out, man. <laughs> I'm glad yes, I could sir. join you. I'm glad I could join you. Keep you out in Atlanta or Georgia? Yep, yep, in Georgia. You know, Winder, Georgia. So if you want to find yes, me, uh, come work out with me, man. Bit, come to my house, man. Drive, we'll go work out. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. For bit. sure. But yeah, but it's sure. not that count. It's nice. Again, yeah, you. if you're ever in town. Right. Ever in town. Yeah, thank you so much again, man.
Yep, no problem, man. Thank you. For well, me. that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. One last thing. We want to give a shout out and DJ Peter for allowing us to use your song and beats. Thank you so much. You can check them out on YouTube.